Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WGR Sports Radio 550. It's time to take a look inside high school sports. Now, here's your host, Tony Caligiri. Brought to you by Mighty Taco. Mighty Taco would go great right about now. By Minio and Sapio Italian Sausage. Taste the difference quality makes. And by Dent Neurologic Institute. Developing solutions to neurological problems faced in our community. Good morning and welcome to Inside High School Sports. I'm your host, Tony Caligiri, along with Frank Wolf. Roger Weiss. We have Matt Miller, Assistant Chairman of Girls Fed Hockey in Studio, and the semi-healthy Joe Marguccio. Kind of healthy. No, he's not healthy. Forget it. We're just going to put him out to pasture after the show. How y'all doing? Morning, y'all. There we go. <laughs> Talking girls hockey, obviously, today, but uh, as usual, there's a whole lot going on outside of just... Uh, Outside of just hockey, and we got basketball. Big shout out, congratulations to Cheetawaga's Dom Welch for surpassing 2,000 points, and he's uh, chasing down Richie Campbell's all time record. But I forgot what he needed to average the rest of the way in order to get it. It, it. It's a tall task. It's something phenomenal. Either that, or they have to go far. I would think into the. Uh they would have to go past the uh, Far West Regionals for him to achieve that. And I think it's a stretch for Chicktawaga even getting out of this section, to be honest with you. And, Joe, was it you that uh, commented on Facebook saying that they have some tough opponents coming up? Oh, yeah. Their next couple of opponents are uh, league games. And then I believe they have St. Joe's and Ken West. No easy task, no. No. Not even the... if he drops 100 in his next two games. I mean, what's, what's he need to average? According to Jack Cruiser, the voice of Cheek Dewaga, who sent this on our Facebook page, Dom needs for the they have nine regular season games left for him to get there through the regular season. He's got to average thirty eight point four points per game. Regular season plus one playoff game, that's ten games, he's down to thirty four point six. And then if they get to the class A two quarter final, down to thirty one. I mean It's a tall task. Yeah. Not it's not impossible. I mean he's a phenomenal basketball player. Uh capable of putting up anything so who knows but congratulations to him i mean passing 2000 that's pretty spectacular yeah i i'm impressed yeah you should be <laughs> what else do you guys have for news and notes i had a couple of the girl i went to a couple feature girl games uh, basketball this week uh monday i was at east aurora lakeshore uh top two teams in ecic three without a doubt at east aurora Lakeshore uh, prevailed, especially in the second half. Already looking forward to the rematch. Uh, the good news is for East Aurora, they will not have to play Lakeshore in the uh, playoffs. East Aurora being a B school, Lakeshore being an A school. Now, uh, Tim Lindner informs me that a couple of the good teams from uh, Section 5 a year ago moved up to Class AA. 
one of them being Rochester Mercy, I believe, who just did a number on Lakeshore a year ago in the Far West Regional. So now he seems to feel that whoever comes out of A, which should be a battle, probably will South in A1, and I guess Lakeshore would be the favorite right now in A2, although Amherst might uh, dispute that, uh, has a good chance of uh, getting by the Far West Regional now and possibly going to the state semis. The other game I went to, uh, and uh, Bud Bailey at the news kind of stole my thunder because he had a write-up on Danielle Haskell and I believe, Friday's newspaper the morning after they beat Ellicottville in a Class D possible preview for the uh, section championship. Danielle Haskell had an off night. She only scored 23 points. And I mean, she just had a horrendous shooting night. But true to form, when they needed her, first of all, she sank an NBA three at the buzzer in the third quarter, and I think that kind of took the wind out of uh, Ellicottville's uh, sails. And then in the fourth quarter, a couple of what I would call NBA assists, just gorgeous. And then uh, Marissa Hamilton, the uh, Ellicottville girl who was headed to UB, had a breakaway, and Danielle, who's like, six, seven inches shorter than Marissa, made a defensive play and just took the ball right out of her hands. Very impressive. Like I say, if you look at the stat sheet, you go, eh, 23, no big deal. But you have to see her play, and she's only a ninth grader. And then, of course, uh, I put it on the Facebook page, didn't get any comments on it, about how the uh, Pfeiffer sisters at Olean uh, early this week combined for uh, 62 points, I believe it was. Senior Gabby put in 11, and her kid sister Sarah threw in the other 51. Man. And she's only That's a incredible. Soft, And she's only a sophomore. 51 points. Wow. And also, just to mention, uh, uh, to uh, jab Joe a little bit over here, out of those 51 points, only 24 of them were on three-pointers. So she's an all-around player, not just a three-point shooter. Sure. Did you guys catch the uh, Park Will South boys basketball game, uh, heavyweight battle? Wow. I was at the Ellicottville game, but I kept uh, – Jeff Haskell kept getting updates on there. And it's like, uh, why, you know – in fact, I think I put on the uh, website, I said, any chance one of those two games could have a three-hour rain delay so I could go to both? <laughs> it just seemed like Will South was pulling away, pulling away, like, I just totally surprised. And then Park said, hey, guess what? We're not done. Yeah. And then they just fought their way back. But if you get a chance, you have to go see Will South boys play. Greg Dolan comes up with something new every game. Only a junior. Uh it's he just, it's mind boggling. Pleasure to watch. He's got a great supporting cast too. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. Not a, it's not a one man team, no. and considering who they lost last year uh, when they went to the uh, state semis and all that. As well, it's going to be a rebuilding year. Well, they've rebuilt, and I like their chances. Me too. As long as Greg Dolan's on the court, they have a chance every night. Yep. Parks had a hell of a week. Yeah. You know they took down Canisius. I believe the first time they ever beat Canisius. Right? Am I right there? Okay. And, of course, the Will South. So Parks had a heck of a week. Uh, Canisius, not so much. They lost to Tymon, Park, and then beat St. Joe. So, but still, but losing, losing to well, that's all that Canisius, yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah, all that matters. <laughs> if, they're two and, if they're two and 20 and the two wins are against St. Joe's, it's it was a, a successful year, season. Go ahead. Okay, news and notes. Um, Dom Welch had 2,000 points. That was the first one up, but Tony stole the thunder. But that's okay. Sorry. You can do this. 
Um, sticking with boys basketball, Lafayette uh, this week, Tuesday, is going to host City Honors. Uh, both the JV and varsity boys basketball teams, 4.30 and 6 p.m. start. Lafayette, I believe that's your favorite, Jim, oh. your favorite burn. Earl Shunk, whenever he had to prepare for a game, he'd run two, run two alleys at Rec Hills to practice <laughs> on it. I'm looking forward to going to this event. All the proceeds are going to go uh, to the Kahn family. Nate Kahn, of course, uh, the freshman City Honors, who tragically was involved in an accident New Year's Eve night and had to have his left lower leg amputated. So if you can get out to Lafayette High School on Tuesday, either for the 4th or the 6th, all proceeds will go to the Kahn family. Um, the New York State uh, Sports Writer Association, they did release their Class A and AA All-State teams. You can check that out on their website, or you can go to uh, roadtosyracuse.com. I know Isaiah McDuffie, the Conley Cup Award winner, is uh, obviously up there in the first all, uh, first team offense. Uh, a bunch of other kids uh, throughout western New York made it. Uh, Lancaster had a couple guys, I believe. Didn't Todd uh, Prince post that on our first yeah, Facebook page? his son was okay. selected, yep, too. That's right. Congratulations. So. Um, Blake Halbio, I got to put a uh, you know plug for him, of course. Go ahead, put a plug. He did. I just did. <laughs> <laughs> it's a short plug. Uh, this other kid, uh, boys basketball, Tyreek Edwards. Does they don't get a lot of love at Emerson High School because it's a it's a losing team. They're not a good team by any stretch. But this kid's yeah, but they cook. He's they are excellent chefs. Oh my gosh, Tyreek, <laughs> you, know, you got a job. Tony's priorities are. You know, <laughs> I gotta, Tony always votes him number I'm one in the basketball in. polls. <laughs> I got to give a shout out to that kid, Tyreek Edwards. He's scored thirty points in at least four games that I know of. Um, so he's he's a good kid to go watch play. He's he'll entertain you. Uh, he works hard from whistle to whistle. Uh, so shout out to Tyreek Edwards. There's, we're going to be talking a lot about high school hockey, so I don't know if I even have to tell you. I don't know how many times we're going to say that Julian Mings had seven goals this week in one game. That's ridiculous. That is crazy skills. So we'll, we'll talk about the little yeah, later. We're going to get to that in a little bit. One she last did thing. have an assist, too. Though. She had an Shorter assist, too. That. Yeah. Um, you know. Well, it can't should, be all goals. <laughs> I know that. I mean, give her the credit for the assist, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did she do? She flipped it off the glass and then picked it up and uh, scored a goal, so she gave herself her an assist. assist. <laughs> One last thing. This past Tuesday, Tony Caligiri celebrated 25 years at WBEN. He's been here for 25 years. 16 years with the show, right? Uh, 16 years with uh, Inside High School Sports, 25 years on WBEN. So as a token of appreciation from the boys at Inside High School Sports, we brought you in some, a little gift, Oh, you guys, if you will. Well, we know, but... Rod's is going, is it food? So we brought him is in a little gift. Food? Cupcakes. Take them out. Take them out. These are nice. None of my guys. business, Anthony. There's already one eaten. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> he ate one of your presents? <laughs> Anthony, it's none of my business, but when you walked into... Uh, Intercom that day, were you wearing a tuxedo with your Nikes like uh, the other time you uh, started out and would have an anniversary for? Here's the funny thing about it. When I was hired at that time, anybody that's in radio will understand this, but uh, the industry was so much different back then. And you had to have at least five years' experience in order to get a job at the major radio stations. And I only had two. I had started out at... Uh, I did internships at BEN, 97 Rock, and then my first paying job was with uh, WXRL. And I only had two years' experience. Kevin Keenan needed a producer. Well, back then we were just board ops. Producers were actually just starting to evolve. In fact, BEN was still playing music at that time, Raj. 
So that's uh, how, how far back that goes. So he said, look, we're going to take a chance on you. Uh, and it all worked out. I started doing Sundays. And then he, he, you know, he hires me on January the 10th. Then he didn't see me until, because I was working weekends, he didn't see me until the uh, Bills Super Bowl uh, game against the Redskins. So he shows up for the pre, you know, they did all day coverage in that, and I was doing in the morning, working the board op in the morning. So he shows up, and my face is painted. And Joe, you should probably remember this because you saw me that day uh, in Zubaz. Then we had a party at Danny's house yep. right afterwards. And he walks in and sees me all, and he goes, Oh no, <laughs> what did I get myself into hiring this guy? But yeah, it's been 25 great years and work with a lot of great people. You're talking about. Uh, you know, Sandy Beach, uh, while he was still on 102 with uh, him and Dave, uh, Dave May and Kevin Keenan. Then uh, Gary McNamara, Bill O'Loughlin, uh, and then uh, Sandy again. So it's uh, it's been a great ride. All right, let's get into enough about that. Moving right along. <laughs> Moving right along to something more interesting, and that is Girls Fed Hockey. Seventh season. Oh, what? Go ahead, Joe. Well, I did have a big news story here. Oh, I'm um, sorry. There will be no football at Riverside next year. What? Yep. Um, Riverside is dispersing. Riverside's down to like two grades right now. And I talked to Aubrey Lloyd, a lengthy conversation the other night. And they're going from six teams to five teams. Um, last year it was Riverside, Lafayette, I-Prep, and Da Vinci is one team. Um, River or I-Prep and Da Vinci are going to join Hutch Tech. Hutch Tech will still remain the double-A. Um, Bennett, Olmstead, Middle Early, and East were all one team last year. Riverside and Lafayette are going to join them. That team is going to be double A, housed out of Bennett. They're still coming up with a name because the alumni want to keep the Bennett name. And actually, there are kids in a Bennett school, and they want to somehow, it's going to be called something at Bennett, they hope. Uh, there was a. Will they still be the Tigers? You think? I uh, according to uh, Mr. McDuffie, yeah, I saw McDuffie at a Olmstead girls game because his daughter, I say his kid sister, plays for Olmstead, and he says it will be Bennett, but he is really expecting to get his comeuppance uh, this coming season. He doesn't expect it to be a four straight section championship in four different classes by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but he's going to have an awful lot of kids to choose from. I mean. Don't you think? I mean, wouldn't but to compete with the Orchard Parks and Lancasters yeah. in the world, and there's no Isaiah McDuffie coming back. Well, oh, there you go. Riverside does have some athletes because I was over there a little bit. Um, East Lafayette, it, it's and it all comes down to. And I was talking to Aubrey, and he actually would like to come in. Oh, good. Be on the show. He couldn't discuss too much. He was at a board meeting the other day, and he had four proposals of how he wants to make athletics better in the city of Buffalo. I know how, there's a lot of talk about And how to get investing. these kids there. Sure. And, like, and how to get these kids, you know, five different schools so they can get to these practices faster, you know? How these suburb, suburb schools all have these, you know, small vans and stuff like that. And, and then, yeah, he's got a master plan. He didn't want to divulge it all. Uh, he told me once he could, he wants to come in and talk about it. And I thought, I said, hey, that could be a whole topic for today. Yeah, you know? absolutely. But the other teams will still be Burgard and MST. And South Park stands on their own. 
and McKinley stands on her own. So they're going to go from six teams to five, and Bennett will now become a double-A team. The wild thing is, is I remember when Dr. Williams was superintendent, and he was a guest on Sandy's uh, Sandy Beach's show. And during the commercial break, and I would I would talk with him, and I told him I said, you know, Dr. Williams, I think you'd be better off with five teams. And I had just suggested a North, South, East, West, and Central. And he said, no, 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 that'll never work. But now here we are today, looking at five teams. He should have listened to me. But that's pretty <laughs> wild. No Riverside. I mean, you talk about history that. And Aubrey did ask me. He goes, make it. Could try and make it a point that you know we're not combining schools to try and stack our teams, it's, which is something that they are accused of by yes, the suburban schools. But, just like, to say, not so by many, me. That's the other coach. You know, I mean, Riverside last year, ninth through twelfth, had twenty six kids from four schools. It just and they couldn't provide a JV team, and that was one of the biggest things when Section Six said. Okay, you can join, but you have to have. But JV. you better provide JV games for right. us, right? So last year, the second weekend, they didn't have JV. You know, so now this this works. You know, staying on football real quick, and I know it's a hockey show, but I know that there was a board meeting earlier in Kenton. Um, shovels back in the ground as soon as March rolls around. The uh, project's back uh, in full swing. Uh, Sparky should be ready to go. They need five good warm weather days to have Sparky ready. Crosby will get going, and so will uh, the softball fields. But there's no way they're playing there this spring. And there's a lot of controversy as to why that capital project was put on hold. And uh, at some point, WNY Athletics has dulled into this. There's a lot coming out that's going to make some people, their hair stand up when they find out why, allegedly, this project was put on hold in the first place. should never have been put on hold. But that's a... Story for another day. We'll be looking but, forward to that. Yeah, where the good news Ken, is the radio. Where will Ken West be playing softball this year? Uh, good question. I believe it's, there's going to be at Sheridan. Sheridan 1 or Sheridan 2, whatever the softball okay, yeah, is there. So they usually location. have the uh, Ken West, Ken East games. They have a doubleheader, boys and yeah. girls, always on the same Friday night, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. So, But at least the project's back on. Well, thanks, guys, for lighting a fire under me today with this news. Oh, come on. It's the cupcakes that lit the fire under you you and you know it. (laughs) All right. All right. We're getting into talking hockey. As I said, Matt Miller, assistant chairman of Girls Fed Hockey, has joined us in studio. If you're looking for information, you want to follow uh, what's going on, you can check out WNYGirlsHockey.com. Or if you're on Facebook, go to Western uh, WNY Girls Varsity Ice Hockey. Thanks to Bill Pavone for putting those together. Matt, good morning. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Thank you. First of all, i got to compliment you on your hat. It's very <laughs> nice. I think it adds a lot of style to the show today. It's just too bad we're not doing Facebook Live so everybody can see how nice it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, let, let the record show that it's a Boston Red Sox hat uh, for you Yankee oh, fans. Oh, is that what there. it stands for? Yeah, oh, I just guys. admired the The so Yankee fans, I'm sure, wanted to hear that, so I thought sure. I'd throw that in there. <laughs> Uh, what's new, what's changed from last year? I mean, you know, a lot of people are not familiar with the Fed hockey. I mean, this is your seventh season and there's a lot of, we just got done talking about combined schools. Yep. That's the makes the girls, uh, league is all combined. Any changes? Uh, yeah, there were three new schools added this year. Uh, Eden joined up with Hamburg and West Seneca. Uh, Depew joined with Lancaster and Iroquois and then Lakeshore joined with Frontier Orchard Park. Um, so most of the teams have three high schools that keep it together, and it's you know as much as girls hockey is growing, 
it's kind of a numbers game. It's not to similar with the football. It's not to stack teams or anything. It's just just to we get need them some bodies and, yeah. and put a platform for these girls to play. Yeah. Uh, Go through all the uh, all the teams and their combinations. Yeah, so uh, Williamsville stands alone as a district, but they've got north, south, and east, so uh, they've always had numbers. Um, Frontier has Lakeshore Orchard Park. Uh, the Monsignor Martin team is all the Catholic schools, private schools in the area. That's um, Linda's team. Yep, Linda Groff. Uh, and they've done pretty well over the years. Uh, Amherst, Sweet Home, were the original combination. They had Clarence join, I don't know if it was last year or two years ago. Uh, then Kenmore, uh, team I help coach is, uh, we've got Grand Island with us. So it's Kenmore East, Kenmore West and Grand Island, uh, second year with Grand Island on board. And then you've got the, the two other new joinings, uh, Hamburg, West Seneca, Eden, and then Lancaster, Iroquois and Depew. So that's a nice influx, you know, with the new schools, getting yeah. more bodies in there, uh, more competition, I would assume, and makes for better hockey. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the league is completely different from what it was the first year or two uh the number of girls who've joined up and some of it is adding the new schools uh we'd always like to see more teams come in um there's always talk about trying to get maybe a niagara falls or a Wheatfield or some other area to jump on board get a new team in uh but the, the league is growing the competition's getting much better when you're looking at uh bringing in new teams do you first start to see where the action is as far as youth you know the the the, the little leagues yeah uh usa hockey is a good database for that and not everybody there's some players who don't play they just used to play hockey in the past so it's not always perfect but um you can look up by zip code where players live uh the number i don't know exactly how i've never personally done it but look up where the players are and if there's a school district there we get on board and stop start pestering their school board and their superintendent to try to try to get them on there all right, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk more girls-fed hockey with Matt Miller, assistant chairman. And uh, keep it locked right here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Welcome back. You're listening to Inside High School Sports. Rocking out to some nice bumps here. Thank you, Nate. We're talking girls hockey, fed hockey. Matt Miller, he's the assistant chairman of Girls Fed Hockey. He's in studio to get us up to date on the seventh season of Girls Hockey. It, it's crazy how fast it's gone by. Yeah, it flies by. And, you know, once again, huge shout out and thank you to Bill Pavone for all that he does in promoting the, the I mean, he works like like crazy yeah, he, and promoting he, the girls. He never wants the credit, but he, he works so hard. So he was a big reason the league even got formed, and his daughter graduated years ago, and he's stuck around and just keeps working hard. So we all, you know, we tell him all the time. Uh, we give him our appreciation, but he never wants the credit. He just does it for the girls. All right, so if he doesn't want the credit, here's what <laughs> you guys go out and do. In the summertime, you go and hire Chili Billy ice cream to come out and uh, serve your parties or whatnot, and that's a great way of saying thank you. Yeah, definitely. A nice shout-out to Chili Billy's. Uh, outstanding. <laughs> Chili, All right. Chili Billy's? Yeah. It's ice cream. It's got a Not, cool truck. Novelty ice creams. <laughs> it's fantastic. All right, uh, Matt, we were talking about what's changed from last year, and you mentioned the new combined teams. We talked about you know uh, bringing in uh, more more teams to combine and, and how the uh, addition of uh, more players is going to help the league. What about playoffs? Is anything going to change is how you guys formatted that? Uh, the, we've had seven teams for a while now. We It's a little strange with girls' hockey. We do 
two separate playoffs. The Catholic schools, because there's only the one team, they don't participate in the Section 6. Um, so we have a section playoffs, and they go off to the states. Um, lucky for us with the Kenmore team, Kenmore Grand Island, we've been that team that's gone the last few years. But uh, then we come back and do the the league federation title as well and uh, brings it in. But we do the – some teams get a bye the first round, then their semifinals and finals. Uh, we do pretty much the same format for both playoffs, and uh, it's it's intense. There's really only about two and a half weeks left of the regular season for the girls, but the playoffs will get started on February 2nd. That's the Section 6 quarterfinals. Uh, February 2nd, they will be played out at uh, the Northtown Center. And then Section 6 Championship Week, uh, well, I'm sorry, it'll conclude on the 8th. Uh, that's also at the uh, NT. Uh, I'm sorry, the Northtown Center. That's an eight o'clock start, so that's a nice prime time game for girls hockey, which they're lacking. Um, you know, I I'm somehow, some way, Section Six, the boys and the girls have to get together and find a common ground to give these girls better time slots. And you know, these girls have to be on that feature rink in Amherst at least once a week. They got to find an eight o'clock game for those girls or a seven o'clock game. Um, for me personally, I, I want to get it to more girls' games. And the hard part is not just for me. I don't have any kids playing there, but these parents, they have 430 games out at Riverworks. I mean, you ever try to go downtown at a certain hour or try to, you know, and that's crazy to get these to get down to Riverworks, and it's cold for the parents. It's not really the most ideal place, but the, those girls will never complain about it. No, because they're out there playing. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they battle. Yeah. They'll, they'll Put th- us out of frozen pond. Just let us play. <laughs> and they did. Yeah. You know, they were out there in East Aurora, too. But now they're at Riverworks. They play at Northtown and Kenmore at Lincoln. Yeah, we play Lincoln, okay. which is about as good as playing outdoors. They got to get a Harbor Center game. Are they at Harbor Center at all? The, I think uh, there's a championship. Yeah, the, is it the Federation Championship? I think the, the league championship this year is down there. Um, yes, the on championship Saturday, on Sunday, February 26, 8 p.m., Daytona 500 should be done by then, so you guys <laughs> have no excuse not to get out there. There's no rain delay, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe there's a huge rain delay, and they do, and they put the game the race on uh, Monday. Go Junior! But that's one of those things about girls hockey. These games are free, also they're free to the public, um, and they put on a great show. These girls battle. There's some great hockey players. I mean, we talked about Julia Mings. Um, you could talk. There's that. Isn't that your goalie a seventh grader? Yeah, our goalie is uh, seventh grader. We were hoping she'd pass the the New York State physical, and luckily she did. But she, uh, Ellie Simmons, she doesn't look like a seventh grader. She's almost as big as I am, and she just battles. You know, she's, she's young. One of the best goalies in your league, best young goalie. She got she, yeah. She she plays so hard, and her, we're we're still working on her form, obviously. But uh, you know, she keeps the puck out however she can, and it's it's great to watch. Can she's you exciting. imagine Kenji in two three years when she's really come into her own and she's played in the league and you know this you're talking about a girl who's got a great crew, you well, know future we're hoping she she wants it she's as good as or better as uh lauren prey was for us because she lauren carried us quite a ways a few and years there, ago there's some good genes in that household yeah, yeah. Hockey genes. i got a quick question along those lines since these are combined teams whoever you know uh monsignor martin and all that the girl that you just alluded to can she, uh, because the boys' teams have individual teams, can she play on the boys' team because claiming that her school as a single entity does not have a team? Is she allowed to, or is that? I, I don't believe so. I think because the district is in and, and provides a, an opportunity for girls, I believe they're supposed to play. 
I don't there know if are some a girl goaltenders out there that are good enough to play yeah. goal on a boys' I, team. I would say if if the girl was good enough, they would take her. And the boys' side, that'd be tough. Oh, so but, that's a question whether the school would take yeah. her. The school would love to have her. Yeah. Would she be allowed to overall in the, what, Section 6 or whoever the I, uh, I'm not, prevailing sh- entity is? I don't know if there's a rule or not. but We'll uh, double-check that yeah. rule. Um, you know, if Def- Mark DeFilippo's listening out there, if you want to DM me or... Bill, I know you're DMing me left and right uh, here, so if you want to let us know on that rule, give us a heads up. But I believe, I mean, girls do play with boys, you know, at the lower well, levels of travel. Especially goaltenders. So, goaltenders yeah. are at a premium. Sure, yeah. yeah. Lauren actually, speaking of Lauren Prey, she played up through high school uh, into, I think, her freshman year played with the boys. Um, but a lot of the girls do it because, you know, at 12 years old, girls are sometimes physically better than the boys are, so they play close to the, the hitting starts. I know a lot of basketball coaches out there that will never coach boys and they'll only coach girls. Same thing with softball because they're just easier. Uh, not, they listen. Yeah, they, they listen. They do. Sometimes, and they don't bring, always bring the same uh, attitudes. Sometimes they're too literal. <laughs> you, you tell them, go to the spot on the ice, and they go and stand in that spot on the ice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they definitely listen. Get us up to date as to who's doing what. I mean, who are the, the top teams? Get us into some of the top players around the league. Uh, so the the top half of the league is it's intense. If you get to some of those games between Williamsville and the the Frontier Orchard Park, um, Monsignor Martin games, those those are always really intense. Uh, right now, Williamsville is undefeated. They've got two ties, I believe, but they haven't lost a game yet, and they're they're doing really well. They always uh, we had a bit of a rivalry with them with uh, the Kenmore team because it was always us and them in the finals. So you know it's good to see them have some success we'd like to knock them off in the playoffs still but they're doing very well um the orchard park team's got a lot of great talent down there uh the cromer sisters are fun to watch they are out of lakeshore um new addition to the team and they they've been putting up tons of numbers numbers um they've got brooke becker's a defenseman uh guy coach with said he watched her the other day and was like this girl's gotta go d1 she's she's phenomenal to watch she puts up um pretty good numbers as a defenseman and and always is contributing i think she had four assists the other night um so she she's fun to watch do you guys like for the defenseman to bring it up and and get more involved in the offense or do you prefer uh they they not my personal style i love a kind of run and gun offense you got to have people back to cover but if if you can get up in the rush i always encourage it and actually for our team the kenmore team we have uh we lost a lot of defensemen through graduation, and one went to Nichols. Um, so we have two players who played forward for us last year playing defense, and it's nice because fits right into my coaching philosophy. If you get the puck and you've got a lane, take it and go. You just so, got a player back from injury. Did you? McVitie, I heard, is coming back? Yes. Um, Jacqueline McVitie, had, uh, she had back surgery because of, I believe, softball, something that had been nagging her for a while. So, you know, she's Eek. what a sophomore and had back surgery, so that's a little... I hate hearing about back surgery. That's scary. Especially at that age. Yeah, Yeah. but she played her first game the other day and didn't look like she missed a step. She's, you know, a good good player for us, and we hope she starts contributing because we need some offense. I was talking to a couple of the guys out in the field. Uh, Dave Rickey's been covering girls hockey since they started. Janet Schultz, New York Hockey Island. They've been a big, huge shout-out to those two in particular. They've been covering girls hockey since they started. Yeah, they do a great job Um, for us. Met with Dave for a little bit yesterday, and I said, Dave, who's the dark horse? You know, Williamsville, as you said, they're undefeated. They're two loss or two ties are to the Monsignor team, who they just beat. Yep. Yeah, but there's always that one team you don't want to play. And talking to Dave, he said, "Look, 
Kenmore last year was the 500 team. They lost in the championship by one goal. Was that the New York State Championship? They yeah. lost by one goal? Yeah, we went into okay. the third period tied 2-2 two to two and lost by one. And that's a 500 team last year. I said, Dave, I keep hearing about this flop team. Are they the dark horse? He goes, I'm going to tell you right now. I don't think they're a dark horse. I think they're going to give Williamsville everything they can handle. They're coming together at the right time. That same thing with the Mount Senior Martin team. He says, watch out for the flop, but it would not surprise me to see them shock. He goes, the dark horse, possibly Kenmore. Uh, could be their dark horse. They're starting to get healthy again, and they're experienced. And again, a team that went 500 last year in the regular season to get to the championship to lose just by a goal, you can't ever count them out. He'd say they're probably the dark horse, but, you know, cash with Mings? I mean, anything can happen. These games are exciting. you got to yeah. go. Un- go. Unfortunately for them, they had a, a young goalie last year who uh, Hannah Barrett had a hip surgery this year, so she's been out the entire season. And she... She's really the missing piece. The uh, what's the, her name? Uh, Gina Denisco has been in that, just doing everything she can and stealing them some games here and there. But uh, when they they've got the most powerful offense, uh, talking with Orlowski, who I coach with, and we've said the same thing. Sometimes you know you catch them on the wrong night and they could just embarrass you. So they they have always had a powerful offense, and Mings has been in the league for six years, so she's always been a threat there. Now you guys have a big game coming up on Monday. It looks like it's the only game of the day, 4.30, Martin Luther King Day down at Riverworks. Yep. Uh, Kenji is playing uh, the West Seneca Hamburg Eden team. What's their, what's their, what do they call them? The Hughes? Hughes, I guess. Hughes? Yeah. Okay, the Hughes. Well, no, you're saying, uh, you're mentioning names, you said FLOP. For you listeners out there, FLOP is an acronym for Frontier, Lakeshore, Orchard Park, FLOP. Yeah, it's so, not a basketball term. We go yeah. flop on the court. <laughs> no, not, uh, you were not that. mentioning a little bit earlier when he said, "Yeah, if you can get them to play defense, don't the don't the defense get a little more ice time than the forwards?" I'd jump at the chance of if you put yeah, me jump, back there, please, coach, put I, me in. I play defense when I play hockey, and it's great because a lot of teams, bar league teams, you get four, maybe five defensemen, so you're out there a whole lot more. Yeah, almost uh, every other shift, whereas know, you got, what, three lines or maybe four? Yeah, usually three to four lines up up front for forwards. And uh, I want to play s- fourth-string goalie, so I don't ever have to get <laughs> up there. On that same note, um, Monsignor Martin, Caitlin Drew Mead has been the last couple games I've seen her. She's been back playing defense a little bit as well, just so she could be on the ice because she's such a threat. So, you know, it's it's a strategy people take sometimes. And she's and headed up. Say, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. When you say cash, I assume that's Clarence Amher Sweet Home? Yes. Yep. Oh, it's almost like I know what I'm talking about, Anthony. Almost. <laughs> almost. Let's not go there. All right, let's take a break. One last segment of Inside High School Sports coming up. I got that. One last segment of Inside High School Sports. We're talking with Matt Miller, Assistant Chairman of Girls Fed Hockey. Now, Frank, you got an answer to the question that you had earlier and what Bill Pavone was able to send you an update. Yes, uh, Bill did say that a goalie can't play for another team in the Fed. Uh, each school has to sanction hockey, like Grand Island joining Kenmore. Um, it's This isn't club sport, so if they don't have a goalie, they have to train one. Makes sense. Yeah, so like, like the Amherst team, they... Their goalie from last year was out with surgery, so they had to find someone else on the roster and stick him in net. Uh, we did the same thing, not with injury, but we converted a field hockey goalie with Kara Klopp and put her on ice, and she she was a gamer, and it was good enough. So. All right, let's get into stats. 
Who's, I mean, we, we mentioned uh, Julia Mings with the seven goals. Yeah. Give us up to date so we can get a kind of picture of the type of numbers these girls are putting up. So you know, top scores, save percentage, stuff like that for the goalies. Um, most of the teams are, I think everybody's between 12 and 14 games in out of an 18-game schedule that we play. And uh, like Mings has, she's got 36 points. Yeah. yeah, 22 goals, 14 assists. Um, through 14 games, so I mean that's she's league leader, and that's those are crazy numbers. Um, but you've got a lot of other people up there. Emma Fazzo, her linemates right behind her, 32 points. Uh, you got a lot of people in the low 20s. Um, Megan Roche, uh, Leah Zawinski from Williamsville, a lot of good players. Um, but going down the list, there's tons of players contributing, and a lot of young players too. Uh, Lancaster Iroquois, Depew, they've got, um, you know, they're they're towards the bottom in the standings but they've got a couple players where every time they're on the ice you gotta you gotta make sure that you know where they are and especially jersey phillips um she's a freshman and she is just so shifty and can get around you and change a game like crazy so it's it's cool to see i think she's around maybe somewhere around 15 points i think i can't remember off the top of my head um goaltenders there's tons of great goaltenders in the league um and williamsville with the numbers they've always had, they've always had a good goalie as well. And right now they've got two that can both be starters anywhere in the league. Uh, I think their their go-to starter is Jenna Lukomsky, and she's been doing very well. But right behind her, Mia Wendell is just as good and younger, so she could maybe someday fill those shoes. Um, both fantastic goalies. Most exciting one to watch, though, is the Monsignor Martin goalie. Brianna Garonsky is just, you know, she's aggressive. She loves the game. She's, you know, even when the puck's in the other end, She's out at the hash marks and following the puck and cheering on players, and you know, she's just... So she doesn't get caught out of position? No, she's so quick. It's it's fun to watch. Go to a game, find Monsignor Martin, just sit in her end and watch her. Don't watch the game, just watch her. And She's a show in herself, and it's it's entertaining. Can we heckle Linda if we go? Always. I try to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's uh, you can always always go just to see what color hair she has that day. <laughs> yeah, she, I was yeah. just going to ask, does she still have purple hair? I don't know if it's purple. She had a hat on last time I saw her, so I don't know. <laughs> well, no, I know the one year she didn't because she was involved with the buttes and all that, right. so she couldn't keep the purple hair. But anywhere else, you know, she would go. She usually throws it. out one of those wild challenges. If you do this, I'll make my hair whatever. Yeah, she kind of places bets with the team. If you like score that. as many goals or you know win a couple games, we'll do you do, do anything something. like that with your kids? You know, no. You guys, if you win the championship, I'll shave my beard. <laughs> yeah, no, I, would I like you go my that beard. far? <laughs> if they did it. And they, that was the uh, the deal they wanted to do. Maybe okay. I'll throw that out Hang there. Hang on, wait, a, the second, wait a second. Kenji goes to the championship. You guys win states. Yeah. Do you shave that beard? I guess I could shave Ooh, it off. Oh, we got a challenge. <laughs> Kenji, you got a challenge. Yeah, we need to, we need to get that far. I'll, I'll shave it for a championship. <laughs> you got a lot of really good players in, in Kenmore, though, that uh, Olivia Smith, uh, 12 games, 8-7 for 15. She broke a record this year? Yeah, she... Uh, she this year, pretty early in the season, became Kenmore's highest scoring player ever. She had the most points. I think Emily King, who graduated yeah. last year, had it up until that point. Uh, and that's why we were so lucky and had so much success, as we had the two of them. But uh, Olivia is doing fantastic, as always. Do you guys do postseason awards, you know, uh, recognition of the, the league leader and goals and save percentage and, you know, yada, yada? We, we try to get those numbers out there. I don't know if we do – we don't do official awards for those type of things, but we do the all-fed awards, and Olivia's been on there at least twice, I believe. There's a lot of really good players, though. I mean, you got Emma O'Neill, West Seneca. She's – I yeah, believe she's their top player. Yeah. Um, 
you know, we talked about Julia Mings and Emma Faso a little bit from Amherst. Uh, they also have Charlie Rondo. My my favorite name in the league is Jersey <laughs> Phillips from Lancaster. I love that name, Jersey Phillips. Yeah, she she actually plays travel hockey for the Regals with me as well, and she's just a fun kid. She's one of the not that girls don't watch hockey quite as much, but she loves the game. She's always watching footage and trying to figure out new things that she can do. Anthony, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, Casey Adamy from Cash. Is it? Clarence Amherst, sweet home, uh, defenseman. Uh, her grandmother is a classmate of mine, so of course I'm pulling for her. <laughs> Why another it great, took another great four minutes for him to get uh, Because usually you shot. prime, you prep me for that. You usually come up with it. I patiently waited, and you uh, purposely avoided it just because it's your 25th anniversary. I'm crushed. <laughs> a lot of these girls are committed to, to big-time programs, though, after the year. Do you, do you know any of the girls specifically that are heading out to D- D1? I know Mings is going. Um, I'm not sure specific schools, but there's definitely the top sure bunch. Sure, going. going. Well, just yeah. scouts. Con- did college uh, scouts co- uh, contact you about uh, the girls, uh, or we, do you guys even send out tapes and say, "Hey, you know, check check this." Uh, person what's out. What's really nice about the girls' league is it's a good spot for the the players to make a name for themselves. And a lot of times, the scouts will find the travel hockey, the club hockey, um, but they. The the scouts have reached out to us for some players. We actually with Kenmore have sent two girls onto D one with Anna Orzakowski, sorry Anna Orzakowski at RPI and Jill Batista at Merrimack. Um, but we've we've had conversations with some coaches throughout the years. Uh, but a lot of times they make a name for themselves in this league if they can. Then the scouts will find them on their travel teams, like the you know Regals, Bisons, Purple Eagles. Cool. Well, Matt, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning, getting this update uh, as to what's going on with Girls Fed Hockey. Best yep. of luck. Thank you. And uh, maybe you'll get to shave the beard. Uh, uh, yeah, I hope so. I hope that's a problem I have to face. <laughs> thanks to Bill Pavone for all that he does in uh, helping us uh, line the show up and all that he does for Girls Fed Hockey. Frank, Roger, Joe, Nate, thank you. We'll talk to you next week with more Inside High School Sports. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.